Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. All right, uh, I'm going to bang off some texts on the Ashley Five Floors text line, 780-496-0063. Get the new floors you always wanted with Ashley Five Floors, 143rd Street, 111th Avenue. We'll remind you that uh, guests on the show receive gift cards to Japanese Village, Edmonton's favorite place to celebrate special occasions. You can try a Wagyu steak today. And you can always reach us on the River Cree Resort Casino hotline, 780-496-0063. The River Cree Resort Casino excitement. Bet on it. All right. To the Ashley five floors text line richard says bob my concern level on the oilers right now is eight out of ten they have to go in an eight game heater to catch up into the playoff race and in a blink of an eye gave it all back they are streaky which isn't good you can usually tell early in the games that if they're going to win they have no fight if they're down a few goals and can't seem to read game situations so many players not contributing and another rookie coach making obvious mistakes again you can text us that comes to us from Richard at 780-496-0063. This text comes in from, uh, yes, an Evans number. Don't worry, Elliot. People can find his hotel. Gravity pulls Bob in that direction. There you go. 780-496-0063. Well, there's the love. There you have it. Uh, again, you can text us at any time. 780-496-0063. Jeremy says, Bob, do you think the lack of light may affect the players like it does everybody else? Well, that's a really interesting you're not the first person to suggest to me this, Jerry. Jeremy says, we start getting lighter uh, by December the 22nd, and so maybe that's part of it. I love the show, but I miss it at lunchtime. That one comes to us from Jeremy. You can text us at 780-496-0063. Bob, do you you go to restaurants or regular food joints when you visit? Uh, You've got to have a favorite New York pizza uh, joint. Well, we, we have pizza on the bus after the games in Long Island and in New Jersey. So I tend to pivot away from pizza. On a, Now, we're doing the show during the middle of the dinner. So uh, in the past, usually Captain Jack would schedule a outing of some sort and we would all go away. Bob, please stop blaming the schedule. All I'm saying to you is that the Oilers consistently have been a better second-half team for the last five years. Again, first half of 1920 under Dave Tippett, 537. Second half, uh, before the season ended with the pandemic, 650. First half, 2021, All-Canada Division, 607. Second half, 678. 21-22, the year Tippett was replaced. First half, 573. Second half, 695. Last season, the orders were 21, 17, and 3, 5, 49, and they closed in the second half of the year at 780, 29, 6, and 6. I'm not saying it would be a, it's expected. I'm just saying it's noticeable that it's here. This text comes in saying, all we hear is about expected goals. Who cares? Means nothing if we ain't winning. And you're right. That's, and that's why I asked the question, should we read anything into it? Because right now, it is not translating into victories for the Edmonton Oilers. All right. We are going to get to 
Our Oilers Now headliner today brought to you by Wilhock Beef Jerky. Trent and Travis and the staff at Wilhock Beef Jerky. It's the best you've ever tasted. Search for Wilhock, W-I-L-H-A-U-K today as we go to our sit-down one-on-one conversation with Edmonton Oilers head coach Chris Knobloch. Chris, we wish we would have done this interview maybe a week ago when you're uh, in the middle of an eight-game winning streak, but a recent uh, three-game slide here. And there have been some runs. You won your first couple games as a head coach, then the team lost three on what I thought was the most difficult road trip of the year. Then you win eight straight, uh, and then you drop the final couple games at home, probably deserved a win against Tampa. Last night, the loss against the Islanders. Just a thought on uh, you know how it's gone through your first 16 games as head coach, and and, uh, and maybe a little about, you know, trying to mitigate the negative runs and how challenging that is for a coach when teams go through emotional slides during the course of a year. Yeah, there's obviously been some ups and downs and uh, very streaky so far. Um, you know, highlighted with the eight-game winning streak was very nice. And you look back at that eight-game winning streak, a lot of things were going well. Five-on-five five play was exceptional, but uh, probably what separates winning and losing is the special teams. And during that eight-game streak, we won the special teams battle uh, six of those games. Two of them we were tied. But when you win those special teams battles, it just makes it so much easier to win hockey games obviously just um, it usually comes down to that one goal and and I look at the um, game last night against the Islanders and um, we outscored them 5-on-5 five 1-0 five, we didn't give up an even strength goal and usually if you don't give up an even strength goal that's a that's a recipe for success um, unfortunately the special team battle we were minus three and um, you know that's just too much to overcome overall 5-on-5 five five, I thought we were pretty good in that area and this team has been winning so many games in the ball that streak with special teams and this team definitely relies on the power play being very successful um it, last night was just not one of our nights chris knobloch joining us seven's no Oilers head coach bob stopper with you on oilers now chris going into last night's game in the first 15 games that you coached the team since november the 13th the Oilers were number one in goals four per game they're number one in the power play and they were number three in the pk now i know you got dotted for two for four in the pk last night but it has been an area and emphasis of improvement to what do you credit that to um i think um Mark Stewart's been doing a great job delivering a message, getting a pre-scout, knowing what the other team's going to be doing and where their strengths are and how we can uh, mitigate those strengths. But I also think um, we've changed up our pairs a little bit and just gone with some um, regular pairs. So there's that uh, the guys, when they hit the ice, they're familiar with each other and they can just play off each other. It's just so much easier. And uh, Nugent Hopkins and uh, Ryan have been uh, out there for most, almost every single start of the PK unless one of them is just tired, coming off a shift. Um, Brown, Janmark, um, exceptional uh, angling, checking, especially on the four check. That's definitely their strength. And then uh, McLeod and Fogel usually clean up. And then right away we're um, 
maybe the last few seconds at the start of the five-on-five shift, we got McDavid and Drysaddle coming out with somebody else. But I think with those guys just being familiar with each other when they're on the ice, um, that's one part of it. And the other is I see our guys come in at blocking shots, uh, especially from our defense. We rely on our defense with the way we kill them stepping in front of shots. And you see our shot leaders, um, Nurse, Desiree, um, and um, Echo, Cece, those four are our go-to penalty killers on the back end. And they have stepped up and st- got in front of a lot of um, a lot of shots. During the eight-game winning streak, the hottest line of the National Hockey League was Ryan Nugent Hopkins, Connor McDavid, and Zach Hyman. But that put, uh, with the state that Evander Kane's currently in, and he's been dealing with an injury for a while, that put Leon Dreisaitl in a position where he wasn't playing with one of your two best wingers. You, you tried to split the... Uh, I guess the the talent up a little bit differently uh, gave Evander the opportunity to go up with Connor and Zach last night against uh, the Islanders and Leon scored in the first shift of the game. Uh, Leon's had success in the past with Ryan Nugent Hopkins. My theory is whoever plays with Nugent Hopkins, be it McDavid or Drysaddle, that's the Oilers' first line because of the way Nugent Hopkins can subtly, and he would be the first to tell you he wasn't necessarily 100% drilled on his game last night, but um, how much goes into that decision process when you got a line rolling the way Nugent Hopkins, McDavid, and Hyman was, and you weigh that against the factor of trying to get uh, Leon a little bit more success, 5A5. Yeah, a lot of uh, consideration going in there. That's probably where we spend most of our time, and the biggest decision we're making is what we're going to do with our lines, and especially our top two lines. Um, McDavid, no matter who he's playing with, usually drives the line, and it's in a positive light. Um, and that line had been going so well, Nugent Hopkins, Hyman, McDavid, and very difficult to split those guys up. But especially when going on the road and the other team having the last uh, change and having the matchup that they want, it makes it a little bit more difficult to keep those three together and not have... Um, scoring. Um, Leon had an outstanding game last night, uh, made some nice plays, a lot of it uh, driven with um, Nugent Hopkins, just he's able to make plays and continuation of plays where not giving away the puck and getting into Leon's hands and um, very smart and you can tell why guys like to play with him just because of um, his skill set. It's interesting when you look at the defense, um, to me, I don't know if we've had a, a better stretch for Darnell Nurse. Uh, he's he's transitioning more and transporting less. Like he's letting the puck do the work. He's made some plays where he's bouncing pucks on stretches off the boards to create odd man breaks the other ways or hit guys on lead passes for breakaways. Uh, Evan Bouchard's taken a quantum step forward, but ironically enough, the guy that I noticed the most in terms of improved puck handling and the willingness to make plays is Vincent Deherney, only because the thing that concerned me the most with him five on five was his puck skills. And he, to me, he's taken a big step. You mentioned a bit about Mark Stewart impacting the penalty kill. Just a thought on, uh, you know, Paul Coffey working with Paul and it's a unique situation to say the least for you because Paul is an advisor to Edmonton Oilers owner Daryl Cates but a thought on the D kind of becoming empowered to make plays and in the process and we'll discuss this a little bit more uh, but first I want to talk specifically about the defense but in the process sort of uh, allowing your team to look like a team that you once used to play for 
Yeah, we want to to our, our encourage our players to make plays, and um, you know, there's always balance on making plays and being reckless. And we don't want to be throwing pucks away and definitely bad areas of the ice. And you know, so far there has been occasional plays, but if we're always safe, um, you know, there's an old adage of safe is death, and we don't want to be just off the glass and out because that's not playing to our strength. And I think about last night, some of the scoring chances, especially in the first period, where our defensemen made these unbelievable plays off the wall to our center support and I think of three of them Vinny was one, Nurse was another and um, Bouchard you know three in the first I believe it was ten minutes and just rather than throwing up the wall and mucking it out there and maybe trying to create something you know they were able to make the pass and last night I thought we were good at it and as a coach you always want them to be 100% but it's not going to happen but I think right now the uh, good is outweighing the bad and we like like that and I think uh, Paul has definitely had a, a big influence on how the defensemen are playing, the way they're skating the way they're checking, using their feet but also the calmness of making plays so that's something we are going to continue to encourage You played at Alberta for Rob Dom, a coach that you mentioned uh, when you took the job. The Bears played zone defense. They transitioned the puck up the middle of the ice a lot. They often caught teams. Uh, they empowered their D to make plays. And the team played it with a very aggressive forecheck. They went for it. Are there similarities in the tenants that you coach with that uh, perhaps some of which you maybe grabbed from your time at the U of A? Or is that a reach? No, and I think a lot of um, obviously I'm influenced by the, the teams I played for and I um, and the coaches I coached for or coached with and um, you know of all the teams I was with um, you know I was five years with uh, Rob Dom and obviously you see the success that we had and you know when you're having success and you're there for a long period of time it's most likely going to influence you on your decisions as a coach more than any other place and um, yeah we obviously had a lot of success I was there for five years I thought Rob was an excellent coach so yeah a lot of what I do right now is um, determined by my experience there. All right. How to get a team to get in the guts or players to get in the guts of the game? Uh, because if you take a look at the last two games against, I, I mean, I'm going to take the game against Tampa Way. He ran into a hot goaltender. He had 57 shots on goal. I do think he attacked the net. I do think he had some net front presence in that game. The last two games there were a lot of one and done despite the fact he had 68 shots on goal. So how do you how do you get more presence in and around the goal to make things more challenging? And, and you've got you've run into a goal goaltender here with three Russian goaltenders and when they're on their game they're all good and they're all on their game but just a thought on you know when you're you know taking the eyes away from the goalies and those sort of things what sort of things get reinforced to especially from your forwards to ensure that you can have success doing that yeah, just uh, play within the dots in the offensive zone. Um, and it's tough to get right in front of the goalie's eyes. Obviously, you're getting boxed out, but uh, we're trying to get one guy there in front, make it a little difficult for him to see. And then the other forwards, obviously, the most dangerous area is um, in the slot. We're trying to get more net presence there. or So you've got your layers. And so often in hockey, it's a low to high pass. Forward in the corner, passes the defenseman, and out the defenseman makes an opportunity of what he's going to do and you know often it's a D to D pass or but we'd like to 
quicken the pace of play. It's more difficult for the defending team to box out if that shot is from the defenseman immediately rather than going to his partner. And we saw a couple looks last night early on the game. Um, but we just have to encourage our forwards getting there and thinking of that is the defenseman's play. It is not uh, another pass. It is uh, they're getting that puck to the net. And if you're going to score consistently, you just have to go to the net. And there's very few goals. You saw a beautiful shot um, on the rush from Leon um, to start the game. Um, but most goals are coming close, you know, within five feet of that uh, around the uh, net. So we just have to encourage our players um, that that's where we have to go if we're going to score uh, regularly. You've been the head coach for the Edmonton Oilers now for five weeks. What's the experience been like externally away from the arena in Edmonton for you? Has it been a little bit, I don't know, like is it, is it a little strange that people recognize you? Do they recognize you? That sort of thing. Um, yeah, no, it has been very different. I've never been recognized uh, where I've gone, maybe occasionally once, twice a year, but uh, now it's uh, on a regular basis every day. And uh, I must say that it's been, um, everybody's been very welcoming, um, encouraging, and uh, enjoyed the uh, hospitality from the people around Edmonton and obviously people are very passionate about their their hockey and uh, you know with the strong tradition of the Edmonton Oilers um, and um, you know I've I've enjoyed it and I'm only looking forward to uh, what's to come all right well what's to come the numbers suggest more positive things are to come there's overwhelming support now. In fairness, the team had top three expected goals for when the coaching change was made. Um, we went into last night's game with the number one shots for team in the league. I think your PDO is at like at 96. Vancouver's up around 106, 107. Those are statistical anomalies either way. So the numbers suggest, you know what, this is a good team that's uh, got a sub 500 record. Not with you. You're at 10 and six, but. Do you buy the numbers, or is it, a, I mean, ultimately it's about getting the results, but do you read into the analytics of the numbers and the reports that you get that suggest, okay, well, the, the, we're not playing bad, we got to f- clean up a couple things here, but the results will come. Um, yeah, no, I definitely look at the numbers and you, and I've, I've always, with my coaching, but um, always a little bit skeptical. In short term, you get game reports on the expecting goals for and against, and often in the short term, it doesn't tell the picture, but on the long run, it does. The best teams always have the best analytics. The best teams always have um, expected goals for as high and expected goals against as low. And you know, you can buck that trend for a short period of time where you are unlucky or things aren't going your way or just um, it just for some reason you're just not able to win hockey games. But over the long run, if you are putting up those those good analytics, um, that the good teams do it and right now we have to be uh, consistent in our play Um, and I think last night was a one-off on our special teams but um, I see us doing a lot of things well and um, to help us win hockey games and I think we'll be winning more hockey games uh, in the future. All right, 625 in Edmonton, that's Edmonton Oilers head coach Chris Knobloch will take a step back and come back with the Oilers now injury report for James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. 
The Oilers Now Injury Reports brought to you all season long by James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. Trent Brown, Jim Brown, proud supporters of the Edmonton Oilers, the Edmonton Elks, and the U of A Golden Bears. Dylan Holloway out week to week still for the Edmonton Oilers. Possibly, uh, well, he will return at some time, likely in early January for Edmonton. Meanwhile, for the fourth consecutive game, the Oilers faced a team without a significant defenseman. Now, Tampa Bay did not have Victor Hedman. Florida did not have... Aaron Ekblad last night. The uh, Islanders had three of their top five out, including Adam Pellick, though uh, Noah Dobson did play. Tomorrow, New Jersey will not have Dougie Hamilton. He is out uh, with a torn pectoral muscle. With close to 35 years in business, Brent Ridge Ford has many long-term and loyal customers. And it's Christmas season, if you currently own. An F-150, you can get up to 16000 off a new F-150 here in the holiday season. If you want to be treated at every fairly at every aspect of vehicle ownership and get award-winning service, reach out to our friends Brent Ridge Ford, 780-352-6048. Ask for Rich, Johnny, and Uncle Milton sales, Kevin, Margie, and Mike in service. And remember, cars cost less in Wetaskiwin. Zach Ferguson has a global news weather traffic update. John Shannon, when we return on Oilers Now.